us last week into a 21-day of prayer and fasting together. And that really is just a moment of time for us to kind of consecrate. When I say consecrate, just kind of stop life for a minute and really to discover really the most important thing, and it's God's plan and purpose still number one in your life. And I guarantee you, you're going to find areas in your life that he's not. We all have, you know, we all get in the way of, of him quite a bit sometimes. But this will help you kind of, uh, prayer really connects you back to God, where you get ready to <clears throat> maybe hear his thoughts and his thinking and, and character and maybe some of the peace you've been looking for for so long. Uh, you might find it if you go back to him a little bit. And uh, the fasting part, it, it kind of disconnects you from all of the distractions that are going on out in the world. Uh, you know, distractions of life. And uh, I, I will say this, that, that um, you know, true biblical fast is food fasting. Now, I don't come against, and I never will. I think it's great for us to look at any, all areas of our life to let go of things, uh, especially our devices and things that consume so much of our time. And, and I think it's a great time to do that. I think we should do that often. But fasting, according to the scriptures, is really fasting food. And, uh, you know, the stomach's a great servant, but it's a horrible master. I think I said that to you last week. And it just kind of shuts things down a little bit. And, why did, again, it's disconnecting you from those things that might distract you. And um, the reason I say that is because the greatest reward that you're ever going to receive from prayer and fasting is you're going to draw closer to God. And you'll sense him drawing closer to you. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you from experience after experience and years of it now that when you, if you take this challenge and you take this step, don't get out there and do something stupid and try to do a 40-day fast. Or, can, can, don't do that unless you've ever done it before. And uh, most people that have, they're not here anymore, okay? Uh, um, uh, just, just be wise with this. Go to your doctor if you're doing medications and things. Just, uh, people get weird with stuff like this. Just make effort, I guess is what I'm saying. But if you do, I promise you that you will find out that uh, the supernatural begins to work in your life in a way. The presence of God, healing, refreshment will come into your life. And uh, anytime you do a physical diet, it'll make up a difference. But when you put those two together... I'm just telling you, it's, it's powerful. So I just wanted to encourage you on that again. But again, today, we're going to launch into the 2020 purpose. Really what we believe that God's called us to kind of focus on a task, an accomplishment to really go after this year. Last year, it was to uh, discover what was number one in God's plan and purpose for your life. And we spent a whole year on that, just going through it together. We're going to do the same thing with this. And I believe with everything within me that because we chose last year to step out and do the thing called honor, that now it sets you up for a release of something more spiritual, more refreshing into your life. Because anytime you do that, then it's going to put you in this position. And, but before I do, <clears throat> I always take this opportunity to just kind of bring the whole church into where you can understand kind of the, maybe the vision of who we are, the core of what we are, and maybe even some of what's our personality. You know, who are we when we get out there in the community? And I don't want to take very long on that because, uh, you know, we do the majority of that in our growth track, and I'll talk about that here in just a minute. But anytime we come together in, in something corporately, let me read this statement to you. When we come together corporately for a specific purpose, we can create an atmosphere and an avenue for God's supernatural to work and fulfill His plans in our lives. Listen to this scripture. Psalm 133, verses 1 and 3. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
The key there is unity. And in verse 3, the latter part of verse 3 says, For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life, forevermore. Where did he command blessing? Where there was unity. And anytime we take a corporate group of people, or two or three people, anytime you get in agreement, the Bible says two or three gather together touching anything, what? It will be done. And when we bring ourselves into unity, striving towards a purpose, then we can guarantee that we're going to see some results of that. But when you look at church, uh, Coastal Family Church at the beginning, our vision, this is where it started, man. This is where it started at the ground zero. Before it ever, we knew who you were, before you ever knew who we were, we had a vision statement that we started with, and it was navigating life through Christ. And what that means is we want to help people navigate, we believe we're called to do this, navigate, get people on course, but don't leave them on course. We want to help them on that course, navigate their life through Christ, Christ being defined as the anointing. That would be his favor, that would be his ability, that would be his how-to. And we do that through the instruction of the scriptures and the leading of the spirit, and we come together and we fellowship, and we're navigating every time we get together. And what we've done is we've, that vision has four cores that are built up underneath of it. It becomes the strength of it. It becomes the thing that enables it to be accomplished. It's how we do accomplish this navigating. And you may have seen those out on the wall in the foyer. Number one, know God. We want you to have a know God experience. That know God experience primarily happens in this setting, in the corporate setting, in the church setting. Why? Because we know there's a lot of different grounds out there in, this, in the service right now. Different backgrounds, different cultures, different ethnicity, I think is how I'm trying to say the word. A lot of different people. And your way of viewing God and who God is, whether you never knew him or you've known him forever or you're just coming to know him now, is very different. So in this experience, if we can teach you how to know God or who he is, something that you can apply the next day, then we've done something that's very powerful. And then the next cord that builds this navigating, enables us to do it, is we want you to find freedom. What does that mean? We want you to find freedom from your past. Freedom in the present, and how about freedom to go in the future? Everybody say, there is more. When you go, when you get an understanding of that, and a, and a vehicle or a system that helps us be able to do that is our small groups. And small groups go in semesters, three a year, one's getting ready to start, because we know that if we can get you together, much like our devotional we're doing right now that's online uh, through the Bible app, oh gosh, that's powerful. It's about four or five people. We're doing it as a group, but four or five people are doing the devotional together. If you're not on board, you can figure out how to do that out there in the foyer. But here, freedom happens when you get together with somebody and, and kind of like you, you get underneath of the toes where the dirt is with each other. You know what I mean by that? You just start to have life together in something that you're familiar with. And then the next place we want to take you to, a core that helps us navigate, is this place where you can discover your purpose. And I'm convinced, convinced, convinced. As a matter of fact, I talked to a, a girl the other night at a restaurant that I went to school with, 53 years old, just like me. And that's the very question that she sent it throughout at me and the very statement that she made up. She says, I want to know because I don't know my purpose. And I'm like, I, listen, I couldn't relate to her. I could at one time. But I can't relate to her now because, man, I know what I'm called to do. I know that this is what I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about. It. It's, it just fuels me. And if I can help you do that, discover the purpose, and a system that enables us to be able to do that is our growth track. 
And a lot of people consider growth track something like a membership. I'm not crazy about membership because that's kind of contractual. I don't want to control your life. I don't want to be, make you contract to us or make a contract. You can go when you want, come when you want. This is your life. I live mine as much as I can. You can live yours. I just might help us along the way. And Growth Track gives you an opportunity to get to know who we are, maybe some of these things I'm talking about in detail, and a purpose to maybe you might find out that you have through a gift assessment, through a spiritual gift assessment. And man, then it leads you to this next really cool place. A core that enables us to navigate. And it's called making a difference. If we can t- help you purpose, you know what it is, find out what you like to do, not what we like to do, what you like to do. And I put somebody where they like to, uh, when I say this core, it's called make a difference. It's our dream team. When people serve out in the community, they serve here and all the different areas that enable church to happen and church community to be changed and, and just get out there. But I don't agree with putting people just in the nursery because we need someone in the nursery. I want you to be where you're happy, where you're, where you're pleased and where you're, where you're enjoying it because I figure out when, when, when that happens, you ain't got to work to have people do anything. You don't have to beg people to do anything. Why? Because they're happy at what they're doing, making a difference. So that enables us to navigate those four cores and the systems that enable us to do it. Over the years, you develop what I call expressions or personality. A church has a personality. Every church on this beach has its own personality. We need to know how to be ours and not try to be somebody else and be happy with who others are. And when you understand that and you see that some of these expressions that are, have come together, it enables you to understand, oh, that's how come they're like that. And number one, this expression is Jesus is number one. He's our number one purpose. All right? Number two, the Holy Spirit is our guide. And what's cool about that, in February we're going to be teaching a series to know how there is more is going to happen. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be teaching a series on Him. And once you get to know Him and how He comes alongside to help you, you also find out that He gives gifts of the Spirit to help you along in this life as well. So the Holy Spirit, worship is our response. People are our passion. Come on now, give it up for some people. Whether you do or not, tell the person next to them, say, I like you. We just restored a marriage right there. (laughs) Gratitude is our attitude. Look at somebody and say, man, I'm so thankful for you. Come on. Excellence is our spirit. We strive to have excellence in all that we do. Uh, and generosity is our privilege. So that's just coastal, okay? But now we need to talk about this purpose that we're going to be driven for and pursuing, for there is more, more extraordinary to be done in all of our lives in 2020. And how does that happen? I'm going to take three weeks to learn, but let me just pop this seed into your heart this morning. Here's our scripture. This will be our theme scripture for the rest of the year. We're going to get into it, dig into it, and get all we can out of it. But we'll start right here today. Verse 3. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Huh? Oh, you had to do that to me again, didn't you? Hold that up. Everybody grab one of those. Hold it up. That is your purpose card. It's got the scripture on the back, the translation we've used, and you can read that from there. We're going to read it later. I'm just going to read it to you now. You can follow along with me. But that right there is a way to you to keep that in front of you. Now, guess what? All year, you're going to learn what that means. 
You're going to find out how powerful so that we can get to that place where you see the extraordinary, the there is more working in your life. Let me read it to you. There is more to come. Everybody say, there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Guys, if I, I, I believe with everything within me that God wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. 3 John chapter 1, there's only one chapter, verse 2. You'll see that scripture. I believe with everything within me that he wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to increase even as your soul prospers. Soul be in your mind, your will, and your emotions. There's some renewal that needs to take place. There's a will that needs to be harnessed. And there's some emotions that really need to be harnessed because a lot of times our emotions are what drive, are what driving us, even our thoughts, our decisions, where we're going, what we're doing, emotions. And I'm confident that God's not afraid of you prospering in any area of your life. Now, the moment we hear prospering, we're immediately thinking financial. Absolutely, he wants you to prosper financial. No doubt about it. He just doesn't want you to love that prosper financial. He wants you to prosper. And when you get on board with the system, you find out it's a pretty easy system, and it works, and there's more that comes from it. <clears throat> I want to come to this place in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Go there with me if you can right now. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, and I want to take you into a story, a story of Moses, where him and God are having this conversation. Moses had come to this place where um, maybe, maybe the weight of the world was kind of heavy on him a little bit. There's a lot of people in, in the children of Israel. There's a lot of them now. And he's the number one leader, and he's having to lead back and forth. And he had the opportunity at this moment to do one of two things, either kind of step back and say, I don't want nothing to do with this. I want to go this way or be comfortable where he was because things were going somewhat kind of good here. And God comes to him and begins to remind him of, hey, look, let me talk to you about where you were. Let me talk to you about where you are. And let me show you how there is more in front of you that I want to get you to. And that's what you're going to see here. Listen to me, guys. In verse 6, it reads this way. The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb saying, you have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Anybody ever come to that place where you feel like you've been going in circles long enough? Uh, come on, let's be honest. You ever come to that place where you're like, hey, man, is this ever going to end? When is my life going to make a turn? When is life going to make a difference here? I I'm kind of fed up with the way it's going right now. I'm not too happy with some of the decisions that I've made. I I'm a little frustrated with some people at work. I'm a little frustrated with my home life. I'm a little You're just not having a good day. I think we've all come to that place. Well, here's what's going to happen is God's getting ready to show Moses, I'm going to take you to a new place. I'm going to show you a new breakthrough. I want you to see right now, come on, say it with me, there is more. There's a place of breakthrough for everyone in this house for the year 2020. 
I believe that we're being anointed, meaning that we're being gifted, we're being uh, assignment of a task to be able to embrace maybe the ability and the grace of God to take on something that's a little bit bigger than ourselves. And I found out you ever, whenever you get out there, when you get to that place of something a little bit bigger than yourself and God shows up, man, the rewards are far greater. But I'm convinced that maybe it's just time. With some of us in this room, we've been in that failure too long. I'm convinced that maybe some of us say, and maybe we've been in that addiction a little too long. Maybe it's just coffee. I don't know, something simple. But we, we've been in it so long that now I'm trying to break free from that, and now the, we're finding out that, that God's saying, you know what, there's a little bit more that I can help you with. And, and then maybe, it's, maybe you're questioning your purpose like we talked about. How about this? Maybe we've been in that grief a little too long. Now, I'm not uh, denying the emotion and the feeling of grief. I've experienced it just like all of you, and it is not fun, and it's not something you ever want to have to go through, but it's part of life. But grief has a way, if you settle in it, if you set in it, if you stay in it, it will hold you back from going to the next place in life that you want to come to. This could be the year that maybe we move, move a little farther. You don't have to actually dwell in that place of grief anymore. Now, you're not going to get this all in one day. You know, sometimes it's amazing how we, we look at miracles and we expect miracles in that moment that's supernatural, but there's miracles happening around you all the time. Sometimes just to get out of the bed and to walk through that door was a miracle for you, but guess what? You're here. And because you're here, I'm saying to you that there is an anointing to be able to help you, an ability of a grace. If you'll embrace for the rest of the year, now you can move away from that, not let that dictate your life anymore. You become the dictator of your life with Jesus stepping in, and you won't be disappointed. Now remember that phrase I said to you last week and the week before, physical obedience brings spiritual release? Look at verse 7. Again, Moses and God having this conversation going on back and forth. It says, turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains and in the lowland, in the south and on the seacoast, to the land of the Canaanites, in the Lebanon, as far as the great river and the river Euphrates. Remember that phrase. For us to be able to possess maybe the more in 2020, there might just be some turning that has to take place. Turning of your thoughts, turning of your emotion, turning of actions. There's a physical obedience that begins. There just might have to be a little bit of taking back what the devil stole from you. Now, that didn't make you as excited this service as it did first service. But let me just tell you something, guys. The devil has stole way too much, and it's time to go take back. And there just might have to be a place where we learn how together, discover, to go in and possess back the things that God, that the devil took from you. Number one, let me remind you, the devil was under your feet. He's been defeated. He's not your biggest problem. Your biggest problem might be an, uh, an understanding of who you are in God. How about maybe this old song? I tried to do it first service, messed it up a little bit. But he's under my feet. Now my victory is complete. Jesus bore principality, made a show of them openly. See, you guys don't know that song. Because I knew if you, if you did, you'd be singing it with me. You'd be doing the bounce with your foot just like I want to do right now. Maybe we need to teach it to you. 
Because sometimes we settle back to defeat. Sometimes we settle back to a lie of the enemy that's trying to keep me from pursuing the very things that God's meant for you to do. And I'm wondering, we're wondering, why are we waiting? Verse 8. He says, See, I have set the land before you. <clears throat> Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. Now look at verse 10 with me. The Lord your God has multiplied you. And here you are today as the stars of heaven in multitude. You see, the Lord is taking Moses back. He's saying, look, remember where you were a few years ago? In the bad moments, maybe the bad decisions, the good moments, the ups and downs. Remember where you were. But then that kind of brings you to the present. He says, look at where you are in the present. You're blessed. You're here, aren't you? Now, you might feel like you want to give up here, but let me just tell you, you're here. You got up. You're here. Sometimes our mindset is so caught up with the past, and even with the present, how could there be any more for me? And God all along is saying, look, I've got more for you. Don't settle here. Don't stop here. Now, listen. The temptation when it gets good, the temptation when it's comfortable is to get satisfied or content. I'm not talking about peace. I want you to have peace your whole life. But when we get so satisfied and so content that we're not moving or doing anything, I don't care if you're 94, I don't care if you're in your 80s, I don't care if you're in the 70s. This is not about age. I don't care if you're 0 to 5. It doesn't matter. If we're not careful, it's on the borderline of being selfish when we get content and we're, we're, we're stopping right here. And the Bible's saying to us, and God's saying to us, that you know what? I want to impart into you, anoint to you, and say, look, you have more to do, not just do, I have more for you. And the world's not going to tell you there's more for you. There's more. The world's going to remind you how much has already been taken away from you, and you're never going to get it back. You can go to verse 11. I'm convinced that sometimes people quit just before the good gets going or the going gets good. And I believe that the word for us here at Coastal for the year 2020 is we're not going to stop at this place in the present just because I'm okay. I want to go, and, and I get it. I can, I can remind myself all day long of who I was and where I was. It's this place that I'm more concerned. Because you stir yourself up about this enough, it starts to feel a lot better than where you were. Come on now. But when it starts to be comfortable... You'll lose sight of a God that says, I can do even more than you can ever imagine or think or dream. Look at verse 11. May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he's promised you. I'm convinced. I, can I just challenge you? The impartation. The task, the anointing, the, the anointing is defined as the ability of God, His grace of God, His presence. 
is ready for you and I to grab hold of, to go in and to change our county. How about changing your community? How about changing your neighborhood? How about helping your commissioners lead this county? The, the, the um, county commissioners, the town commissioners. How about let's be people that are willing to get in there because we understand there's more for the Outer Banks to be done before the return of Christ comes. I'm, as church members, as a church, and we get on board with these things corporately, what happens is we begin to see this anointing increase on our lives. Now, I'm not telling you to go in and change everything. Don't go change everybody. You got a lot more work trying to just change yourself. Don't go try to change the way people are doing things. Go in and be the changed person in there, and you have an opportunity to do some things. Come on now, everybody say amen. amen. This reminds me of, it makes me begin to think, when I think about where we were as a church, when we first started, nobody. That doesn't mean nothing to you. It means a whole lot to me. The church started, first of all, with 14 people, 28 people, 60 people, 120 people. The reason I know these numbers is because they were my markers of belief. I put my faith on those numbers. I could, at 14, I could go only go. No, 28 just showed up, and I'm like, thank God there's a God in heaven. And then when six, I put my mind on 60 people. That's all I could grab for. I came from a big church, 2,000 people. So I knew big church, small church was difficult. And then we went from 60 to 120 we went from 120 to 200, and we came into this building. And it's out of those 120, out of those 200, then we jumped to 300. Then we jumped to 400. Now we're at this place between five and 600. And we've come to this place where I think about this statement because it was a little bit bigger than me. God's ability, listen to me, guys. God's thinking, his ability is so much bigger than what we think we're capable of. His, his thinking, his ability... What he can do is so much bigger than what you think yourself you're actually capable of. We limit ourselves. Just take 2019, for instance. After prom, 375 to almost 400 kids. It started with like 150. Think about Children's Fest. One night, one night. 4,000 plus, they keep telling me 5,000, but 4,000 is enough for me to think about in one night. That's, that's enough. 4,000 people in one night. It, it just doesn't happen. There has to be something on you to be able to do that. And then 4,000 people, we bought a $1.8 million building in 2019. That's not chump change. That's big money. The reason I'm telling you this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, listen. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Everybody say, There is more. Come on now. There's a, for this year, 2020, this is where the good stuff starts to happen. I'm convinced and I believe and I'm really strongly believing in my heart that there's an endowment, there's an anointing that will come on all of us to do the things that we couldn't do before. You say, what does that look like? Maybe you're able to break that addiction this year that you've not been able to break. 
How about this could be the year that you are able to love the unlovable, that person that you just can't stand, but for some reason the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, and now all of a sudden you can love them like crazy, and you can't figure out why, and you're all googly-eyed all over them? That's called the grace of God on you. How about this? Perform at the top of your field. Your work, what you do. It reminds me of, it goes back a couple years when, when my dog, don't mess with my dog, I love my dog. And my dog, on Easter weekend, Saturday night service, got popped by a car on the side, pushed his intestines between his cavity and his skin. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot going for him. He was about to be gone. And we took him to uh, the Manio Clinic there, Dr. Sarah, uh, Sarah Beth and Dr. Grossman took him, brought him in, and they, they looked, and the, the, what they told me after when they saw it, that he was a mess on the inside. They did something that they weren't sure they could do, but they were able to do it. And guess why? I still got my walker today. Why? Because I believe that there's an anointing that will come onto you to enable you to be able to do the very things that you think you've not been able to do, and now you can do them. That doesn't make you excited. That makes me crazy excited. I'm going to take you guys back to first service. How about some supernatural understanding? How about some supernatural wisdom? How about some supernatural revelation that's above and beyond you? All of a sudden, you wake up in the morning and you go, oh, that's all i got to do, and saved you hours of work and hours of time, made you money after money, made you dime after dime. That relationship was restored. And all of a sudden, you love that wife that you've hated forever. All of a sudden, you love that husband that you can't stand because he smells, he stinks, and all of that. And now, all of a sudden, you don't care what he smells like. That's got to be the grace of God. You see, the Lord reminded Moses of his past. And he showed him that it was blessed. And it's interesting, when he showed him his blessed past, he didn't tell him all the troubles and the struggles and make him go into his inner depth of his heart and try to figure out all that was wrong with him. He just says, I bless you, and you're here. And he took him to this place of the present, and he reminded me, don't stop here because I've got more expectation beyond what you're thinking here. There's more out there for you to go after. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. Turning, taking, and possessing. Turning your thoughts, turning maybe some of our actions and our ways to, hey, what does God think I should do here? How would he do it? Now, next week, we're going to take this piece of a little bit of what I consider sanctification. We're all in the process of sanctification, growing and becoming more like God every day. Matter of fact, just remind somebody you ain't perfect. Come on, tell them you're not perfect. You're a work in progress until Jesus comes. All right? And when he comes, we're all going to be shocked and amazed, promise you. But next week, we'll come into this place where we study a little bit more about there is more, less is more. And then we'll move beyond less is more and we'll go back to far more available to us. We'll dig into it more. But it reminds me of this story that, uh, about Samson in the book of Judges, Judges chapter 15. You, it's, I think there's a reference to it on the app, but it's really just verse 16. Because Samson, if you've ever read his account, the guy, there was something on that man. He had some long hair, and he could do a lot of crazy things, but when his hair was gone, he could There was a lot of ups and downs in his life. What I loved the most about Samson, which I'm not going to teach on today, 
His outgoing was the best yet. <laughs> when he destroyed all of the people, never mind, we don't want to go into that. But there was one moment in his life that I want you to think about. The Bible says in Judges 15, verse 16, that <clears throat> the Spirit of the Lord came on him. An anointing came on him. An endowment came on him. A grace. Well, it wasn't grace in the Old Testament times, but for you and I, we understand through grace. God's ability. God to be able to do what I couldn't do before. <laughs> Break that addiction. Oh, okay, we've defined it for you. The man picked up a jawbone of a donkey. And he picked up this jawbone of a donkey, and the Bible says he went and he killed or slew uh, a thousand Philistines that had come against him. Now listen, that's symbolic to you and I. Because here is a primitive weapon. It ain't about your weapon. It's about the Word of God in your hand. Here's a primitive weapon, the jawbone. Gets on a common man, which a lot of us can probably understand what that means. And all of a sudden, that man defeats a thousand people by a crazy jawbone. Now, if that doesn't get you a little bit, I take it a little bit deeper than that. Because listen to me, when something like this gets on a praying church, gets on a fasting church, gets on a purpose church, gets on a making a difference church, gets on a church that's got freedom walking through it, whoo, free from, from hey, hey, come on. You know what I like about freedom, why I like it so much? Because you're admitting that you weren't at one time. You're identifying with what you were, but now you're identifying with who you are. Now, the jawbone's pretty interesting to me. Primitive weapon. Common man. But will you take your finger with me right here? And put that thing right here. Every one of you in this house, you've got a jawbone. And until that jawbone starts to move with there is more, with it in your mouth, you won't have it. It's until it gets... Listen, don't come to me at the end of this year of, of 2020 and say, Pastor, it didn't work for me. I didn't get what you had. I'm still addicted because you'll tell me in those words why it's still there. Because it's still in your mouth. When you start moving into that place where the Word of God gets in your mouth and that jawbone starts to happen, you'll defeat a thousand Philistines. You'll de defeat a thousand things that are holding you back. Listen to what the scripture says. Proverbs 18. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. Proverbs 18, 20 through 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. If you want the more, what are you filling your mouth with? Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So here's the challenge. We're going to practice right now. Stand up with me. Are you a Samson? Yes, you are. Are you a Moses? Yes, you are. <laughs> are you a neighbor? Probably so. Live next to somebody. <laughs> you live in a neighborhood? Probably do. You live in a community? Yep, probably do. You live in Dare County? Come on, say everybody in this house lives in Dare County. We have an opportunity as a church to make an impact on this county like never before because God's looking at us, not because we're favored, not because we're different than any other church or have more. No, it's just our purpose. It's what we're called to do. And he says, look, 
this is where you were. Look now where you are. Look at somebody and say, this is where you are. Now what are you going to do with the where you are? Are you going to allow the more to get onto your life so that you can move forward and possess the land that was stolen from you? Here's where it starts. Proverbs, excuse me, Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. You can pull the card up for those of you that can't see very far and put it up to your face. If you need the screen, whatever works for you. But I'm going to invite you. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And where there is unity, there's commanded blessing on people. Let's read this together this morning. You ready? Here we go. Verse 3. One, two, three. There is more to come. Oh, just say that with me one more time. That sounds so good. There is more to come. Oh, one more time. There is more to come. Here's what he says. Let's read it. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. Because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue. Keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling short change. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. There is more!